Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Sam Dever Podcast, episode 78. In this episode, I speak with my good friend, Nick Osborne. This is Nick's second appearance on the podcast, and it was a great conversation as Nick has been talked about on this podcast several times. He's a very interesting and creative individual. I really enjoyed this conversation we had, and I really appreciate Nick coming on. The book of the episode is a book I was recently told about on this podcast called The Pilgrimage by Paulo Coelho. He's the same author as The Alchemist. If you like The Alchemist, you got to read this one. I just finished it. It's phenomenal. Again, it's The Pilgrimage by Paulo Coelho. If you want to listen to the podcast, be sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you want to watch the podcast, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at the Sam Dever podcast. Here's my conversation with Nick. It doesn't get more Democrat, the true Democrats. Yeah. Than the Kennedys. Yeah. You know, his, yeah, they're, his, just, they're like American royalty. American royalty. And, you know, and, you know, some consider JFK the last real president. Mm. And we saw what happened with him. Yeah. <laughs> I won't go too far into that. But yeah. it, it's, it's the fact that he has to even leave the party to run as an independent and they won't even pay for Secret Service for him and all that. I, it's I like, saw that. It's I like, don't understand. Same like, with Bernie Sanders. I mean, they look what happened to him. Oh, he got railroaded. By twice. Own, yeah. <laughs> but, and twice by his own party. Yeah, that's, so, I think that after I, that, I was just like, oh. And then, you know, you got the Republican side too, and they just. You see the things they do, and it's like well, I think they're he hijacked should... by Trump. I feel like yeah. he's the one that just—it's just—it's—it's it's the party of him at this point. Yeah, he's going to be the candidate. I mean, I think I, I think there's a great man? chance, but like but, all the other yeah. candidates on the Republican side have the charisma of a piece of toast. Like it's—they're uh, <laughs> so, running for VP. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And I think they've showed yeah. maybe some promise for twenty twenty eight. I mean. If stuff's around by 2028. Yeah, man. Those Olympics yeah. are coming to LA, though. Oh, dude, that's when I'm out of here. I like, I'm marking that Is on that my calendar. That, that, that's where that dual citizenship comes into play, oh, yeah, right? Man. You're going to be, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> going to be like, in Venice. Put my little hobo stick on and hit the road. Like, okay. Well, this has been the most politically charged we've been. Uh, <laughs> Nick Osborne, welcome to the Sam Dever podcast. Thank you. Again. Thank you. It's good to be back. You know, yeah. Well, it's been a year, year and change. And I got to say this, man, this is a true experience right now because it was the episode I did. I've mentioned it so many times. The episode with you, which led me to working with Eric Sarich here, because when you came over here that night and I was trying to do this in person <laughs> again and I'm running cameras and I, I, I'm trying to run the sound and I, had, I bought a uh, sound thing. And I didn't even know how to work it. So before you came, I'm like, oh, well, I'm just going to use my laptop <laughs> garage band. It was a shit show. I can tell you were stressed, man. Yeah. And you were such a pro, man. So understanding. Cause I'm just thinking, like, oh my God, he's taking the time to come do this. And this Stuff I mean, happens. we I I scraped something out that became a little something. We got some good clips. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like this is like the podcast that was supposed to happen. That one was supposed to happen. Well, yeah, because it was so we it could was, do this. Uh, it was the catalyst for you know, where we are now. Well, to any entrepreneur or creative trying to do something like what, basically what it was for me, like I really had to put my pride and ego aside because I was going, well, I can just do this on my own. I can just do this on my own. And it was that episode where I'm like, I can't move forward till I really get some help with this and figure it out. So when Eric and I connected and he told me he had experience doing this, 
yeah, let's go. <laughs> like I really like let go of like me having to try to do everything. And yeah, I mean, I've seen, you've seen the quality since. <laughs> yeah. No, it's night and day. It's funny how it's, the yeah. pride and ego will get you in a bind like that. It's, yeah, oh, man, I struggle with that big time. Pride yeah. and ego, pride, big time, man. Yeah. In what way? Oh, every way. Ego, every way. Um, especially with just, like you said, trying to do stuff on your own. Like that's my MO. I, I turn, I, sometimes I'll transform into an island sort of thing. And it's just not, that's just not how we're supposed to be. It's not how you're going to live a happy life. It's not how you're going to live a productive life. Um, yet I still try to go that path so often. Um, and I will forego community and I isolate and it's, it's all like pride and ego, um, and fear. And I, I, yeah, yeah. It's it's, even with weird things, man, like, uh, I just, I just, I just see it in so many things. I, I still have so much growth to do, especially as a creative person. Uh, you know, generally speaking, I'm, I'm very happy when I see the people I know, especially creative people having success and stuff, but that's not always the case. Sometimes this shit will flare up and I'm just like, well, I can fucking do that. I'm fucking so good about that. I don't know. It's like you nitpick and it's like you can't, and then, yeah, and because you can't celebrate their success, you can't even enjoy your own if you're having it. Um, so yeah, it's a constant struggle for me, man. Like I have to reel myself back. Um, all I can just—it's—it's it's very easy to start spinning out in regards to just your mind and thought. And I think that's just part of being human too, because I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, yeah, we got some weird stuff built into us. <laughs> like, yeah, like this, emotions like, and deficit mentalities, yeah. uh, the deficit mindset, and sort of, uh, and that—that's the big one. Deficit mindset for for me. I'm like. There's not enough success to go around. I need it all. Like <laughs> I, it's bullshit, but I still find myself falling into that. And it's like, damn, I thought I'd grown more. Yeah. But apparently not. Well, and that's why social media has been and in my mind in my mind, it can be motivating, but it can also be extremely destructive. I mean, dude, even like just use this for example. Like, you know, I might put something out, oh, we got a little it got some good traction on something. All it takes is for me to one thing to pop up in my feed that shows like 2 million views and <laughs> uh, 500,000 followers, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, well, what am I even doing? Like, why am I even doing this? It's pointless. You know, mm. <laughs> you just start and it's really, I'm really trying to, I really got to practice this. You got to be careful what you ingest, like what you're taking in. And uh, Brian Meyerhofer talked a lot about this when he came on the podcast, like just intention. And I realized I haven't been setting intention. Like, especially with these phones and devices, like just getting up and letting the phone and social media, like throw political stuff in your head. And now you see so-and-so posted this on Instagram. Now I'm thinking about that. Uh, it was actually a church sermon I was listening to. The pastor was like, he takes one day where he, the night before, he knows he's going to have his day off because it's a church. He has his day off on Monday, Sunday night. He takes his phone, puts it on airplane mode, and puts it in the closet. He doesn't get it again until Monday night. And he said it totally resets everything. And I'm, I'm listening to that. I'm going to start doing that. I think that's a fantastic thing to do. I, I never walk away from a lot of time spent on my phone thinking, well, damn, I'm glad I did that. I feel so good. Uh, never. Uh, it, it, it's, I think it's so destructive. And I... That's another thing I start going down a rabbit hole and like I'll find myself getting angry about because I actually do feel like I'm pretty good in regards to not being on my phone all the time and not 
being on Instagram all the time. Um, but then I get irritated that I see everybody around me and they all seem to like, I'll be walking in my neighborhood and everybody's walking with their dog, with their, with their phone. And I'm like, that's dangerous. Like you shouldn't be doing that. Um, and ultimately it's none of my business. And I, it's, it's just because I want to live a certain way. doesn't mean the rest of the world should just because I think that's the, the best way to go about life. But, uh, yeah, it, it feels also, it sometimes it feels kind of like a lost cause because I feel like technology is just getting more and more integrated into our lives. I mean, it's so integrated into our lives now that it, 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 it's almost a disadvantage to not be sucked into that kind of constantly tapped in, or at least that's, that's the story I start telling myself. I'm like, well, maybe I should, you know, maybe it's, maybe all this, uh, away from the phone stuff. Maybe it's not that great for me. Maybe I should be more on top of it. You know, get more of a social media presence and uh, really, really start pumping up those numbers. I, it's just, no. Nah. Hmm. Well, you got me thinking like it's, a, it's actually way more of an effort now to get off of all of it and to live a different way. I would yeah. think to a certain extent, I will say this man, like technology is cool. I mean, just the other day I was thinking it is amazing how this thing right here, I can book flights. I can book Ubers. I, you can do everything. It makes life I, I so easy. I can travel easy. the world. I can do, I can, all I need is that phone. Like you can do the, I don't do it, but you can do the Apple wallet thing and all that. You literally yeah. just need the phone. You yeah. have everything right there. <laughs> yeah. It's, Which is a double-edged sword. I was just about to say, but it's a double-edged <laughs> sword. Yeah, it's, it really is fantastic. So I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of the times I'm just like so negative about it and so judgy. I'm so judgy, which I alluded to. And with my neighborhood walk stories, seeing people on their phones, I'm just like, oh, I'm so much better than you because I walk my dog without a phone. <laughs> yeah, well, they're probably not as angry and rageful. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I think, I think it's like, uh, I, I notice a lot too, like uh, one of the things I notice uh, when I'm on my phone too much or, it's like my integrity, I feel like, starts to drop. Um, and I'm not talking about mm. like, oh, I told, I told Sam I'm going to be here tonight at 7 p.m. And that's, you know, sure that, you know, showed up. I kept integrity. But I feel like more so with the little things like, right, I'm not going to, I'm not going to check Instagram or I'm not going to go, I'm not going to pick up my phone right now and look at it. And then, but I don't say those things out loud. It's just like a thought. But then I break integrity on those thoughts. And then you like, I just, I start to spin out with that too. Like, I feel like I've been struggling with integrity big time lately mm. in regards to the things that I'm not saying out loud, but I'm saying to myself. And it just, I feel like it's like, I feel like a lot of people don't talk about this, but it's like the things, the thoughts that you tell, that you, you have and the things that you tell yourself that you're going to do, it's, it's really important to follow up on that because that, that trickles into like every other aspect of your life. How you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah, 100%. I, I really do believe that. Some people will be like, oh, that's bullshit. No, no, I really do. Um, practice how you play. Play how you practice sort of thing. Yeah, and it's like once that momentum's broken in regards to integrity, it's hard to get it back. Yeah. It, it, it's, and again, it might be something that I'm spinning out of on just because I'm noticing it within, my, with, within myself. But it's bothering me lately. Mm. It's really bothering me. I'm like, I'm, I'm not keeping my word to myself. Like, talk doesn't have to be cheap. 
but, but right now it, it is cheap because I make it cheap because I devalue it whenever I don't follow through on my word. It's so frustrating. And you know, I'll talk to my girlfriend and she'll be like, Nick, you're fine. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, I'm, and she's right because then, I don't know, man. So that's, that's kind of something that's been. I think you bring up, a, you're the first person to really think bring that topic up. And I think it's a, I'm so glad you did because the world needs more of it. I share the same, um, I don't know if struggle is the right word, but I, I put the same emphasis on integrity. Like, and sometimes you fall through and sometimes there's signs where you slip. And exactly. And then you're like, ah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fake. <laughs> yeah. And which is, which is so funny because then what we're doing is we're conflating integrity with morality when they're really two separate mm. things. You're not a better or worse person just because you kept your word. It's just in, that integrity is needed for anything to work. Nothing in this world works without integrity. This table has integrity. These fucking mics have integrity. And that's why they work. Um, doesn't mean that they're morally good things. But I still find myself, like you were saying, like you'll break your word and you'll be like, oh my God, I'm an idiot. Oh my gosh, you, you son of a bitch, Nick. Like, boy, God, you're, you're such a loser. It's like, no, that's not the case. You broke integrity, regain it. Easier said than done. Well, yeah, I do. Well, you're right. Things won't work if there's not. I mean, it's accountability. Uh -huh. Yeah. Accountability. You, know, you know, my sorry to cut you off. Yeah, you know my good. least favorite, one of my least favorite things of low integrity are what hamburger buns. Cannot stand a hamburger bun with low integrity. It starts to like get all soft and it starts falling apart on you. Low integrity hamburger buns, not for me. No. That's a clip right there. Yeah. That's a, yeah. that's gonna go on TikTok and that's gonna. That's no, it. seriously, low integrity hamburger buns. Mm. No. No, man. Nothing, nothing, nothing grinds my gears more than a burger falling apart in my hands. I wish I wouldn't have cut you off to say that, but I had to well, say no, it. No, I mean, that opens up a whole other train of thought. It's like, I'm trying to think of things that, like, things that you don't have to think about work that work. But the second they don't work, you're like, hey, what the heck? <laughs> the roads. Yeah. Airplanes. Literally everything. I love Louis, and this map may have nothing to do with what we're talking about, but Louis C.K., said he was on a plane once and uh they announced at the beginning of the plane like the wi-fi wasn't gonna work and he said the guy next to him was like this is bullshit and louis ck's is like you're in a chair thirty thousand feet above ground that's gonna get you across the country in like three hours which used to take people months <laughs> through horse and buggy and people dying along the way and famine to do and like but we're so like like entitled <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah you're sitting uh i think i've heard that but he's like you're sitting I'm in a metal what he said in a yeah. metal tube yeah. flying at a, an incredible yeah. rate of speed through the sky and you're yeah. complaining yeah. um it's yeah that's one of those things i'm i'm definitely guilty of not so, I, it's it's been a newer thing i think now that i'm flying more i'm just like, gotta sit in this jet and fly across the world what a shitty time <laughs> I've flown more this year too than I usually have. And it is, you do, I, and this is what I realized. I did, I have gained respect for the airport system and like the uh, stewardess and the, and, the, and the pilots and just seeing how it all works. Yeah. And like, especially, and it's all great when it works great. But even like uh, yesterday, when we were flying back, um, the flight delayed. And I'm like, well, I got a connector. 
I go, this isn't going to work. This is bullshit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and you immediately go to that. You know, you're like, getting ready to talk to the person yeah, up front. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to let them know. Like, but you have to kick stoicism in because I'm like, well, there's nothing. This flight going there has nothing to do with the connect. It's two separate flights. If you make it in time, you do. If you don't, you do. But it ended up working out. Yeah. And if you don't, but, you'll be fine. They'll get you on the next one. But it's, yeah. And it's like, that's why I've tried to like, I don't know, man. Like I'm really big on, cause I'm, we've all worked jobs. I've worked customer service jobs before. Like I've been on the other end of the stick <laughs> of customer service and seeing how some people just flip out on people. So like whenever stuff does go down, like I try to be, um, as understanding as possible yeah. and working with them on whatever it is. Yeah. Don't just drop it, back and don't react emotionally in yes. the moment to what's going on. Yeah, I, 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 I know you mean. I feel like I'm typically pretty good about that stuff. The only time I'm not good about that is when I'm in my car. I have like the worst road rage. Worst road rage. Maybe not, maybe it's not the worst. Especially I'm sure out here. I'm sure there's many people in Los Angeles County who have worse road rage than me. Uh, it's just that I, you know, it's not like I'm like flipping people off and cussing them out or stuff but like i will feel just like this surge of rage <laughs> i think rogan said i don't know what the statistic is but your stress levels automatically go up just just by getting on the highway you're in a life or death like, situation like you're not even in a bad situation just by getting on that highway you get elevated automatically absolutely it's like i was actually talking about this with an uber driver yesterday because she was talking about yeah it's like if oh, after i've driven so many hours even though i haven't you know done much physically i'm so tired i was like yeah because the slightest miscalculation or misstep in your vehicle means death yeah either for yourself or somebody else mm -hmm. um and that's always there, even though we don't actively think about it. You're you're in this like f just hunk of this this missile just flying on the road on wheels that that could just obliterate your existence like that so quick. Um, so I, that's what it is. But it's like I still, even knowing that, I'm still like just so reactive. Um, it's it's really something that's I just want to get past, man. I. It's like I feel like I get older and I, I feel like I'm still dealing with things that I thought I'd put to, put to rest 10 years ago. Um, I thought I was so far ahead. And I'm like, I guess I'm not. I guess life is just old lessons relearned. Mm. And with that, as, as the layers of Nick Osborne here on the podcast go deep, because I, I was in the grocery store today and... I won't even name the grocery store because I love grocery stores. I'm not going to pick on any grocery store because it's everywhere. But dude, I literally, and I don't know if it's because I was just back in the Midwest where it's complete opposite, <laughs> like very slow pace, not many cars, not overcrowding of people. And I was in that and I'm like, oh my God, like I felt like a layer of stress had been like peeled off of me and I could breathe. And then I came back here <laughs> and it was just, and I'm used to it still here. So it's like, it wasn't that big of a shock, but I'm in the grocery store today. And I swear to you, man, it was like the walking dead or just people, no one looking at anybody, just people just cutting people off, walking in front, just grabbing stuff. And just like, I'm like, no one even knows like any of their surroundings right now. They are literally in their own world. And I don't know if it's an LA thing. And I'm not, it's not even that anyone's a bad person, but it's just 
in the big city, especially a city like here, you're just in, you're just on hyperdrive. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like people are just wound up. I think it's a city thing, man. Yeah. I think there's just so many people that you start to not value uh, human presence. You just kind of take it for granted because uh, especially with the eye contact thing, I noticed that a lot because I'm a big, I'm big on like looking people in the eye when I'm just walking on the street or especially with my dog and I'm walking and somebody's coming my way, I'll, I'll look them in the eye. And like a lot of the times I'm like, like doing that whole thing. I'm like, which I've done it too. Yeah. Um, but it's too bad because it's like, I feel like the thing that we crave so much is human connection. And yet, and we were in this city with millions of people. You think we'd be ripe with it. And yet you're in a place with this many people and you've never felt so lonely in your life. And then you go to a small town where there's not that many people. And then you're actually connecting with people. You're actually looking them in the eye. You're actually having a conversation with the cashier. Yeah. Um, I love that kind of stuff, man. Yeah. It's, that's the nice thing about going to small towns like that. Cause the people actually value each other. There's a sense of community and it, it's, it's so paradoxical that you get all these people together and you think there'd be all these thriving communities. And I'm sure there are, I'm just not a part of them. And, but it just doesn't seem to be there on the same level that it's there in a small town. Um, that's why eventually I'd love to live in a small town. I'd love to you know, eventually get out of LA. I'm going to eventually, maybe 20 years from now. Yeah. But yeah, man, that uh, everybody's in their own world. Uh, when back to what we were talking about, like with intention, with phones, I, and then, then it's really hit me. It's really hit me because I do the same thing. I do the same thing, man. Like I even saw someone in the grocery store today. I recognize them. Um, you know, they do a podcast. They're, they're, they're pretty, you know, not like Joe Rogan, but like if you follow a certain genre of podcasts, you would know who they mm. are. And I was just going to say something casual of just like, hey, like respect, like yeah, dig your stuff type of thing. And they were the, with their family. So I, I you know, is that one of the, I didn't want to do that. But then at the same time, it's like my phone was going, I was on the phone and then, you know, people around me are on phones and I'm just like, it made me realize even with myself, like I need to really, whatever I'm doing, that's all I need to be doing. These phones have really just distracted from the present moment. Yeah, the multitasking just, bullshit. Like, yeah. It's just. And I even use like the example I just gave to like, it's like, you know, if it was a lot more calmer situation and if I wasn't thinking of 10 different things at the time, it probably just would have been a lot easier to just sink in and say, hey. Much respect to you, you know, and it just kept it moving. But I had distractions going on. I'm like, oh, they're right over there. And then it just, it just felt like I just, I don't know how to describe it. It was really weird. Like I just felt like I walked into something where so much was going on at one time mm. instead of just going. And I actually didn't pick up like three or four things that I intended to get. As soon as I got in the car, I'm like, I didn't even get like one of the main things I walked in there for. You were just spellbound by your own thoughts I, at this exactly, point. Exactly. So it's really, and I'm just like talking this out because I'm really realizing I'm like, this life just keeps moving. And it just, I'm really becoming aware of just how much of it we're just on autopilot zombie mode. I'm like, you know, next thing you know, I'm going to be 40. I'm going to be 45. Like how much of that am I not going to be present for? Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's funny you mentioned that when I was driving over here today or driving, I was driving from set and I don't know why I thought of this, but I'm driving and I was like, 
I don't remember anything the makeup artist was doing when I was sitting in the makeup chair. And it just, I was like, where, where the hell was I? And I, I don't know, for some reason, it just kind of bummed me out. I'm like, I'm like, and then I'm not being present while I'm being sad about not being present in a, in a previous moment. Um, but like, like you said, like our minds, like we're, it's just, it's so hard to be present sometimes. Uh, I mean, uh, like that, that, that instance at the grocery store, how, how'd you, afterwards, did you, were you, were you bummed about that? Did you feel kind of sad? Like, were you, did you beat yourself up about, yeah, I did. about how I did. you were as a person in that moment? Yes. Yes. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> but I was glad it happened. Yeah. I'm glad. See, I've, I've, I'm learning that those are good things. Like bad feelings and uncomfortability is actually good a lot of times because mm. it makes me, it makes me. As long as I'm going back to pride and ego and all that, if you can take that all out and say, oh, I felt this way in that moment, why is that? And then I can actually dissect it and look at it. I'm like, okay, all right, moving forward. You know what? I'm gonna, when I go into the grocery store, new rule, like no phone whatsoever in the pocket. I'm going to have an actual list in my hand, <laughs> mm. you know, and I'm going to be present because I really do enjoy the, I, I, I love picking out my food and doing that, but it's just, I, and I think I went at just a very busy time. It was just a chaotic time. Yeah. And I'm like, really? Middle of the week, midday, like this is what we're doing. <laughs> but I, I realized I'm like, I'm glad it happened. Cause I'm like, Oh, you know what? All right. Quit beating yourself up for the next time. I'm just going to make it an effort. To, like I'm going to be fully present in everything I'm doing. And that goes with everything I do. Yeah. In life. Because that that's, we miss so much of life. Yeah. We miss so much of it. <laughs> like, it's the simplest things that carry just as much weight as the things that we put so much weight on. That's what I've realized. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. It, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. And I really feel like you're, we're just constantly getting uh, bombarded and manipulated by what this society is now. And it's so, thus it's easy to spin off and like not be present because like you said, we're being bombarded with, you know, like you said with the phones, I mean, there's so much going on. You're going, oh, you know, there's a bombing here and there's a, this person killed three people here and oh, a car crash. And like, it's just like, just yeah. all this stuff and like, which causes us to kind of spin out and start thinking about all this stuff. Now you're Googling and things. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. And you're, and Oh man. Yeah. It's I, just, if we can figure out a way to consistently be able to just drop back in those moments, which is like, I'm trying to do. It's like, I've been started meditating about three years ago. So it's, mm. it's, it's getting easier to do that, to drop back. I'll, I'll experience a strong reaction to something and I try to drop back, but not always, you know, sometimes I just get completely spellbound by whatever's going on inside of me. Yeah. And then I'm not even present. And then the next hour goes by with me ruminating over whatever, whatever. Um, makes me think about like anxiety. Uh, mm. I feel like I've dealt with anxiety, like intense anxiety my oh, yeah. whole life. Um, and I didn't understand. It's like, it's like, it's so hard to, to get out of that because then you get consumed by it. But I feel like as I've gotten older, I've gotten a little bit better at dropping, dropping back and kind of being like, okay, I'm feeling this. 
why, like you were saying earlier, looking at this uncomfortable thing that you're going through and or situation and trying to understand why rather than being completely captivated by it and have it just run the show and be in the driver's seat. Mm. Easier said than done. Like yeah. I said multiple times this episode already for multiple things, but that's kind of where I'm at. I'm trying to do all these things that seem so simple on paper and yet I'm finding it so difficult just because of the way my mind is. Yeah. And I know I'm not unique uh, in, in this aspect. I know, you know, that's just how our, our minds are as humans. But damn, is it frustrating, yeah. man. I'm like, I just want to get past being like this. You know, I, 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 I I'm like, I'm, I'm, is this the man I, I, I'm supposed to be? Like, I get, you know, wrapped up in that. But then I think back, and then the flip side of that is I'm like, I wonder what, like, the, the eight-year-old version of me would think of me right now. And I was thinking about that, and I was like, you know what? I think I'd think, wow. Wow. I was like, oh, okay, I'm not doing too bad. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. You remind me, like, I heard this somewhere where depression comes about dwelling over the past and anxiety comes from dwelling on the future. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and while we're doing that, we're missing the present moment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like when you're younger and you want to talk to some pretty girl and you're just like, Aah! like this anxiety that you're feeling at the prospect of it potentially going the wrong way when she's just like, why is this guy so tense? Yeah. Um, <laughs> like it's, it really is. It's like this, it's this uh, future foe scenario. Um, yeah. with anxiety big time yeah and just sneaks in all the time too it sneaks in no joke i had this thought getting ready before you showed up uh today i'm like have we as human beings have we gotten into territory that we weren't supposed to get into and what i mean by that like think about like prehistorically or just even in the early early days dude your only thoughts were survival like shelter food create family to keep society and civilization going. That's it, man. And yeah, of course, I'm sure they did things like around the campfire. Or something for leisure. Something for leisure, but your survival was the number one thing. But now we live in a, th a place where, you know, for most, you know, you, you're going to slave at three jobs maybe, you know, to do it, yeah. especially in like LA, but, but it's like, Mm, that's me <laughs> you know but, but but you you you're living you're living you're living good too yeah you know compared to a lot of people oh, around yeah. the world but it's like now that we've taken care of basic survival and this gets into a whole other topic too we could get into western civilization as a whole like people get bored like your mind gets almost bored so now it comes up with stuff it just comes up with shit it yeah. comes up with shit yeah. that it's like a chat GPT of yeah, horrible scenarios. Exactly. Exactly. Just it just starts instant, coming like, up with shit. Yeah. You know, new problems, new this, new that. And then you get involved in other stuff. Like, I, I don't know, anything like hobbies and <laughs> extracurricular activity. There's not nothing wrong with that, but it creates these new layers of things. And I, I just was thinking, I'm like, man, are we really, were we even supposed to be here? <laughs> like to what we've turned into? I don't know. It's just interesting because the mind, man, it's so crazy how it. Well, we still kind of have that peanut brain, and yet, like, technology's advanced to this level, yet our brains are still kind of tapped into this, like, 
there's like these primordial fears and anxieties that I think are tapped into us that have really no place in today's society. And so we just are randomly generating, maybe not so random, but things to be anxious about or things to be fearful over because that's probably what human existence pretty much mostly was hundreds of thousands of years ago. It's mostly just fear. Yeah. Survival. And anxiety. Yeah. Um, exactly. Like you said, survival. Oh, you just blew my mind right now. You're right. You're exactly so right. So <laughs> it's like we've, we've progressed. And because it's specifically within the last 120 years, this explosion of technology and oh, growth. Yeah. Whereas 200 years ago, life was pretty much not, not that different than it was a thousand years before or 2000 years before at that. Um, so I, I think we struggle with that. I don't, I don't think, uh, I, I, I wonder what the next step is then for, for human evolution in that regard. I mean, unfortunately we're not going to be around to see it. AI takeover, but <laughs> probably, yeah. Some sort of fusion, some sort of synthesis with, uh, with, with human and computer. I mean, it's already with like the Elon Musk thing, the um, Neuralink, the Neuralink yeah. um, and to be able to like read somebody's thoughts and like be able to communicate without speaking make for a boring podcast, but otherwise pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw something where, and I, people will have to fact check me because again, back, contradicting myself as I was, someone posted online, <laughs> uh, they developed something where they're going to be able to record your dreams. Really? Play them. I don't know how that's going to work. And part of me would love that. And part of me would be like, we don't want to do that. Like we don't. <laughs> I don't want anybody looking at my dreams. There's some weird stuff in There's there, man. There's some weird, crazy shit that goes down in those, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> do, you have, do you have like? Do you do you remember a lot of dreams? Somewhat, somewhat. And there's actually like. Uh, I actually should get a book on that. I don't know what book's popular on this, but like, there, there's people that are really big into like dream journaling. Like as soon as they get there, they the wake moment up, you wake the up, the moment you, you, you got to write it yeah. all out, you got to yeah. write everything. And there's moments where I've had dreams where I felt like it was a premonition, like it was trying to tell me something. Mm. But then like I've had dreams and I thought maybe it was trying to tell me something. And I'm like, no, that's just what your mind came up with. Cause that's been on your mind. Mm. That's why the mind's so crazy. It's like, yeah. It's nuts, man. It's And nuts. where's that coming from? You know, I, I kinda I'm right there with you. It, generally speaking, I don't like when people are like, oh, you know, dreams might be trying to tell you something. I'm like, no, 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 they're not. No. But sometimes there's some dreams that are so bizarre that it's almost the more bizarre ones that I'm like, wait a minute. There's one in particular that I remember from years ago. It's so vivid to me. Um it was like I was watching this. It was like, no, I was watching this it was a lobster and it was like a tie-dye-ish color and then a scorpion that was highlighter yellow crawled up and gouged out the eyes of the lobster that dream stuck with me all these years i'm like what does it mean probably doesn't mean shit but i wonder and that's crazy because yeah. a scorpion and lobster are like similar with the claws. There's something, yeah. And I, yeah. I was it in the water? The lobster? Yeah, were no. they in the water? So the lobster was on dry it was, ground. It was, oh, it was on dry ground. Yeah, it was from what I remember. It wasn't, it wasn't submerged. It was almost as if I was watching it on TV, but it wasn't TV. It was actually behind the screen. You've seen the movie Lobster with Colin Farrell? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, years ago. Do you remember ago. at the end what he 
Spoiler alert. Yeah. What? Yeah. What happens at the end? I've seen it. So. So. Uh, shoot. I'm. I'm. Because that's when they can choose what to be turned into. Yes. Right? And so I forget the schematics of it all, but at the end, he the only way he could be with his partner because she was blind was for him to become blind too. So he takes his eyes out at the end. That's right. So when you say that, it reminds me it's a lobster blind. So maybe you were meant to tell me that now for me to remind you to go watch that movie. And then you're going to have it all figured out. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Now I'm wondering, I'm like, damn it. Did I see, did I have that dream before or after seeing that movie? I, I feel like it was before, but uh, yeah, yeah. Most of the time though, dreams are... I don't know. I, I, I find myself want, I, I wish certain things would happen in my dreams, but they don't like certain people I wish would appear. Like I, you know, loved like a departed loved one or something like that. It never happens. I, I have, I have had conversations with departed loved ones. Really? Oh yes. Yes. Man, I'm jealous. Um, lucid dreaming. Are you familiar with lucid dreaming? Yeah. Yeah. I know like, I think, I don't know. I think Tim Ferriss has maybe talked about this, but there's people that practice it seriously. But to do it, man, you really got to get good sleep. Like you really got to get to that deep, deep stage yeah. where they actually go into these dreams. Uh, uh, Laura and I just watched recently Inception. Hmm. Great movie. Uh, That's probably my favorite, Christopher and, Nolan. And it was my second time watching it. So I was actually able to like really, with Nolan's movies, I feel like you got to get through the first one just to grasp concept. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now you got to go back to pick up on everything. But the whole like having the the toke or totem or whatever they call it to have with you to see if you're in reality or if you're in a dream or not. Yeah. There have been times and lucid dreaming, I guess, is all about uh recognizing that you're in a dream. Cause sometimes when you're in a dream, you don't realize you're in the dream. No, you don't. But when you lucid dream, because there has been times where I oh, I'm in a dream right now. I can jump off this thing right now and everything's cool. Or I can fly or I can do this or that. I have I somewhat I've had dreams kind of like that where I have been able to kind of hey what do we want to do in here yeah <laughs> type of thing I feel like there's oh man it's rare for me to realize that I'm in the dream occasionally I have um because there's like a couple I'll have a recurring dream of falling from a very great height mm. and a lot of people I talk to they're like I they wake up before they land I always land. Um, and they're saying something in the dream. And I figure out when I'm falling that it's a dream. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, if I just brace myself correctly, I will be able to uh, endure the impact. But a lot of the times with these dreams, especially when it's a good dream, man, there's been some where I wake up and I'm going about my day. And somehow in my mind, I haven't, I, you know, maybe I didn't immediately remember the dream right when I woke up, but then some hours will go by and I'll be thinking of something that happened in the dream as if it's actually part of my real life. Mm. And then there's like a profound sadness that comes along with it. Cause then I'm like, Oh no. Damn. I thought I was so close to yeah. just having everything I wanted. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dreams are fascinating, man. I, I love them. I, I go through stages of remembering them a lot, you know, because sometimes I, you know, I'll go through a phase where I might be smoking weed or something, and that stuff just kills your dreams. You don't because you skip REM oh. and you go to deep. And I think, from what I understand, most of the dreams occur in REM, 
Hmm. Is that? I don't know if that's correct. That would actually make sense yeah. now that you say that because I realize a lot of my dreams happen at the beginning and then you'll wake up like to take a piss or something. And I, I think it's been like seven hours. It's been like I was asleep for like 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, because it's that early stage of the rapid eye movement stuff from what I from if I'm remembering yes. correctly. And then when you get up early and maybe you you know, oh, okay, I still got another hour and a half to sleep, I'll end up having like three dreams and that lasts. So that makes sense. So maybe the deep sleep thing for lucid dreaming is not as and I, I don't know. I'm not a sleep expert, but I'm yeah. sure it it's plays necessary. a part. Maybe. I'm sure yeah. it plays a part and probably you know, what, what were you putting in your body that day? Did you have too much right. caffeine? Did you have that cup of coffee after 4 p.m.? I did today. So <laughs> sleep's going to be shit tonight. <laughs> it's okay, though. I got stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But usually with, with my dreams, a lot of the times, it's not like a nightmare. It's not a happy dream. It's just random me living out some yeah. random mundane existence. I'm just like the hell is going on <laughs> what is happening and then i'm like oh yeah you're dreaming so maybe that's part of it for me the lucid dreaming comes in and with some of that stuff sometimes because sometimes there is that realization i wish i could get better at it i wonder though sometimes i'm like are these people who say that they lucid dream are they just fucking grifters yeah. like are they really doing it that's the cynic in me i wish i wasn't so cynical but uh <laughs> i am man I'll see an act of kindness. I'll be like, but what is it really about? Yeah. Like, uh, so what's he want? No. Maybe he was just a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I was, well, that, I, I, okay, I guess I'll bring it up. Like, well, I'm going in far left field here. I don't know. For some reason, when you said the- Let's go. Well, <laughs> Let's you go. know, like the social media videos where people are giving people money and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Like, okay, there's part of me like, okay- that's cool. And maybe that will inspire somebody to do that too. Like that's the positive I can see from it. But then like you wonder, you don't know how what's staged and what's not, by the way. There's a lot of things that are on there like that people are doing to build accounts. I'm already, I, you can tell I'm already like right when you mentioned people giving money to people. And so yeah. I'm just like. Uh. I have a buddy and I, we kind of, we have aligned on this, but like when people announce, this is back before video, it was like back when statuses were a thing on Facebook. Damn. People would, yeah. People wow. would proclaim and be like, you know, today I da 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 and did this. And I'm like, all right, cool story, bro. Like, you know, it's like. Here's my virtue. Yeah. Well, virtue. Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe that's what I was meaning to get to just virtue signaling. Yeah. Yeah. Where we live, man. I mean, that's like. <laughs> oh, dude. I can't. I don't know if you and I are trying to get blackballed out of here tonight. But like, I can't like... stand it, man. It doesn't even matter if I agree with what I'm seeing. I'm just like, oh, like, especially with like good, with the good deed type stuff. And like, I just don't. I don't believe in broadcasting that. And I, I and that's something to unpack in and of itself, mm -hmm. but I just feel like once you're once that once there's social currency to be gained from a, a seemingly altruistic act, it's no longer altruistic. You know, it's it's there's you're gaining something from it. There's currency to be gained. But then at the same time, sometimes I'm like, well. Is there really any any truly altruistic act, hmm. especially when you know that it's going to make you feel good to do this kind of thing? Not that you shouldn't do it, but I, it makes me wonder. I don't know. 
Well, I don't know what, if I read it or if I heard it, but they said you, and I think it relates to what we're talking about. Like when you tip, you should tip whether the person's looking or not. Meaning like, <laughs> meaning, and there's like, don't get me wrong. There's sometimes when you tip, you want to make sure that they get the tip. Yeah. And not some, but, but there are situations where they're going to get it, but you still have that piece of like, Hey, I'm, I'm leaving this, you know, or Hey, or, or especially the ones like when you throw it in the bucket. Um, I love when I want them it. to see me. I'm that guy. You're that I'm, guy. Oh, because I'm like, I want them to see me. You that way get they better make service this. the next time you get in. Yeah. yeah. Or this time I'm like, I want to make sure they really lather the sauce on this thing. I'm going to tell I, Hey, <laughs> I don't say anything. I just wait for the opportune moment. Like, but <laughs> I know I do it. Too. I do it too. But but it's the concept of if you really want to do it, you should do something like so. The giving the money to people uh, on the street or whatever it is, it's like give it to them because you want to give it to them. Don't give them something so you have a social media story to talk about it. Like again, yeah, it's, no. just, it's just strange to me. Like the the whole the stuff I see on social media, like is so strange. To me. It's I, such a strange world. Uh, and it just keeps getting stranger, which is interesting. It's it's interesting because of that. We're watching human, I don't know if you call it evolution or psychology or sociology. They gave us, it's like, all right, like if the aliens were behind the scenes, like, because when you talk about the technology boom, look from 1900 to 2000. We went from horse and buggy to dropping nuclear bombs. Yeah. To, I don't know if the smartphone was invented by 2000, but the internet came into play. And like, like you said, like life was pretty much how it was for a long time. And then out of nowhere, it was just boom. Yeah. Like, just like that. So it's like now with these phones, it's almost like, all right, let's, now let's give them this. Yeah. Like they're slowly breaking off, uh, breaking us off a little piece of more, more, more. I'm going into way deep territory on this one, but David Icke, who's a huge uh, conspiracy theorist. He's oh, I England. love listening to conspiracy theorists, man. I find uh, he, it so fascinating. He's one of those guys where, <laughs> kind of like Alex Jones in a way, in his own way, like yeah. maybe said some stuff. You're like, what the heck is this dude talking about? But then he said some stuff where I'm like, he wasn't wrong about that. <laughs> he was talking about social media and it, it started to make sense. He's like, think about it in the beginning of it. Uh, there were no restrictions really. You know, it's free. It's still pretty much free for the most part to be on it. But they just, they wanted you on there. Get on. Now, now everyone's hooked. Everyone's hooked. Now he's like, look at all the censorship that's come out lately with it. And look how they've, and they know you're hooked. So it's interesting how this like machine, if you will, that we're all connected to that most people, I say most. Now, there's some people that could quit it cold turkey and be done with it forever. But dude, there's people, man, I'm telling you, they will not be able to let that thing go. Like, oh, yeah. If you take their smartphone away from them and social media, they will survive. But, like, they are going to go crazy. Yeah. Because it's their pacifier. It's their uh, – and I use it as that, too, sometimes. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Especially, but, you know, in a weird social circumstance where you don't want to feel awkward. Oh, yeah. I guess I'll but, oh, yeah. but I think we're seeing it unravel because you don't know what you're looking at, man. And, and like when it comes to real serious issues that are out there, you don't know if what you're looking at is the truth or not the truth. But so many people, it doesn't matter on what side of something you believe in. When you're so emotionally invested in that, 
of course, if something's for what you believe, you're going to be all about it. If you're if something you're against, it's going to put you in a rage. In the book I've mentioned on here before, the top top ten reasons you should delete your social media accounts by Jared Rainier. Um, sorry if I mispronounced his name, but he talks about how the algorithm will recognize, like for example, if you're a Republican, you take a Republican and you take a Democrat, and they see that you look at nothing but Republican stuff. You like nothing but Republican stuff. And on the Democrat, you like nothing but Democrat stuff. They're going to feed into your feed. It's confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. Exactly. They're going to show you things on the Republican side that are going to confirm that you're right. The Democrats are wrong. For the Democrats, it's going to show that they're right and the Republicans are wrong. Dude, I, at first when I heard, I'm like, yeah, you know, but dude, I think it's clear as day now. I'm oh, like, that's exactly what's happening. It's absolutely true. And each person has their own little device that 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 just creates the things that's just catered for them to keep them hooked on it as long as possible, which is, it's, it's not even, it's, it's, it's not even like a theory. Uh, there was that doc- documentary that came out a few years ago. I think it was called uh, The Social Dilemma. Yeah, that was good. So, oh man, that one was so depressing. And because- at the end, the kid gets all fired up because they're firing him up on social media. Then he actually goes out there and gets in a situation he shouldn't have been in, you know? Yeah. yeah. It, it's really, uh, it's done some good things, but generally speaking, I don't really feel like my quality of life is higher since the advent of social media. I mean, and I'm thinking from the time MySpace came on to now, I don't, I, 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 I feel like there's also, there's kind of been a deterioration actually in general quality of life since these things came about. And again, there's some beautiful things that have come with it. I, wouldn't be able to have a relationship with my girlfriend if it wasn't for social media and the technology that's come with it, the dating apps and stuff and being able to video chat with somebody who lives across the world. It's beautiful. Podcasting. Podcasting. (laughs) Virtually, yeah. But I mean, just like the social media stuff, it's, I'll find myself I, as, as, as vigilant as I feel like I am when it comes to guarding myself against that. Because you talked about it earlier, just watching what we ingest. Like I, I, I can't stand the thought of me just scrolling down this thing and these images being put into my head that are going to play out in my subconscious in some form or way that I have no control over. Mm. I fucking hate that. I, I, I hate, I hate, I hate the loss of, of uh, autonomy, uh, autonomy of the mind. I hate it. And I'm like, okay, well, what's, what do I do then? Do I just Go full ignorance mode? Because sometimes I feel like that, especially with news and politics and the way the world's going. I'm like, there's this desire to be informed, but there's also a desire to be happy. And I've found that I'm a lot more happy when I'm ignorant to what is going on in the world. And especially politics. Ignorance is bliss, man. It really is. It really is. is. And it's funny. Like, I'll see some people dog on people doesn't even know what's going on. I'm like, good for them. Good for them. You know, I, I, I again, I, I don't know where, where, what the balance is. Cause. Cause you want to be like, look, if a meteor is coming tonight yeah, and there's a chance I can get out of here. Well, good luck for where we're at right now. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to podcast till the end. Yeah, if that's yeah, the case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but 
But it's like, yeah, you want to be informed, but then it's like, what's that? I, I love what you're saying. Cause like, what's that line of getting the information you need and then overkill of now you're not even getting the right information. And in regards to the right information, yeah. what it's like, we're now in this weird realm where there's like almost no such thing as truth. Mm. I mean, there is, there is, but it's almost like everybody has their own, their own truths that they're abiding to. That's true for them. And I'm like, it's so. Like, Everyone's an expert too. If you yeah, didn't know. Yeah. Like everyone, yeah. Well, and if you look at like, uh, like with like the, like Israel Hamas stuff, it's like you watch, you sit down and watch an hour of one point of view on it. You'll be convinced of that. You sit down and watch an hour of the other point of view. You'll be convinced of that. I'm like, I, truth is like we're with all this like just information that's being pushed on us uh, truth is hard to come by yeah especially like the truth um and that that's just depressing to me i i i find myself just longing for uh just a, a more simple existence that doesn't have to deal with this stuff a part of me is like man i wish i was born in like the, the, I think the you were 40s. with me in the 70s, man. Yeah, I, would, dude, I wish I, I was think you and I, you were one of those 70s, dude. I, I, I just was telling, who was I telling the other day? I told him that I'm, it was a relative of mine that's older than me, and we were talking about certain time frame. I'm like, I really think the 70s and 80s would have been my jam, man. I was born in the late 80s, but I'm talking like being the but age like I am now. A man. Dude, a man in the late 70s. Film was as good as it ever was. Like I, I think maybe back in the day, maybe I was reading. Maybe I was doing some type of thing out here, <laughs> like in entertainment or something. But it was the good old days, man. Like yeah. the, the classic California. Like, yeah. Yeah. No cell phones. Buy a home for forty grand. <laughs> Everything's clean out here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like back when I remember when I was a kid too. Like when I, I got was mirrors a kid. on the ceiling. Yeah, and a circular <laughs> bed. That's but that was in my bachelor days. Water bed. You know? yeah, water <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a water bed. Yeah, of course. It's the seventies, of course. But of course, um, even the the I feel like uh, so homeless people now are like, like crazy. I don't want to use the word crazy because that's dismissive. Well, a lot of them are on drugs. But that, <laughs> like, that's the thing. That's really what a lot of it is. Yeah, yeah. it seems like. Yeah. Mental health and drugs, and it's it's horrible. It's it's incredibly it's sad. Yeah. Um, but I feel like when I was younger, and I don't know if this is how you felt, like I felt like homeless. There was more of like a hobo vibe, approachable. Yeah, not quite as like. I didn't. I didn't feel like is this person gonna stab me? I'm like, oh, this this is a guy who probably likes to drink. A bit too much, and uh, now this is where he's at. Uh, now it's like, oh man, it's out of control. There's a guy. It's online, so I guess I'll say his name was Rooster Hill. So back in my early Vegas days, I had a flip cam. This is before I had a found. flip cam. There's a flip cam of mine floating out in the world right now. With some footage on it. I'd like it back if I can get it back. But I don't know where it is. I, dude, it'll so surface a, if I ever have a real acting career. It'll surface. I'm sure. I'm sure. You get a call sure. from your agent. And they're like, "What the hell?" I'm like, "Whoa, Shit, Daniel, it's early in the morning. What's going on?" 
Yeah, no, trust me. On this flip cam, it was nothing but debauchery that was covered on it. <laughs> oh, and, dude, and, flips? Well, yeah. I used to do something called, I don't even know if I should name the name because people, well, screw it. SJDTV Vegas through a flip cam. It's still out there. Interesting. I can't even find the password to log into the YouTube channel. <laughs> if you want to see a version of me, but I don't, I'm not, you know what? When I look at it, I'm like, you know what? I, that's, that's when I look at people. That's called getting it out of your system. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, man. I, that's, that's how I am how I am now. Like when people try to get me to go. Anyway, so we, at this time, man, like we, I mean, sure, people filmed on the Vegas Strip, but I would, I would arguably say like I was out there quite a bit, like filming stuff before people were filming stuff on their phone. Yeah. You had to have like an actual camera or something, but the flip cam I would put in my sport coat pocket. Uh and go out there and like we would always run into this rooster hill guy and he was a homeless guy so one time i just started filming him I'm like, hey man you want to talk and he talked and just starts talking but when when you describe that hobo vibe that's exactly he was mm. friendly locals knew him yeah you know he was he was he was a cool dude like he was cool and i don't even know if he was truly homeless or not yeah but like he was he was always just on the strip like there but yeah like but now Oh, dude, not even like, and I was telling someone this the other day, man, like, and you can call it judgmental or whatever, but there's a difference between being judgmental and then seeing reality, like in front of you. Mm. Like when I'm walking the block and I walk and there's individual or individuals like spazzing out and freaking out and they're big and they have a stick in their hands. Like I'm, I'm of the mind of, I'm going to go the other way because Absolutely. there's nothing good that can come by me walking that path along them. And I'm like, it shouldn't have to be like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I say that with compassion too, because it's, uh, from my understanding, there used to be mental health institutions out here, but they all got shut down. And I don't know the full story on it. Um, yeah, it seems to be a murky kind of subject because I thing. feel like yeah. whenever I think of mental institutions back in the day, I don't get a good image in my head. It seems like a very sad, abusive place, but I don't know yeah. if it's just because I've seen too many movies. Right. I don't know if that's the case with all of them. I'm sure it's the case with some of them. But yeah, it's, I don't know, man. Like with, the, yeah, with the mental institutions, I, I, I just wonder if there's really, is there really anything to be done about this in California? I, I wonder, cause I, I feel like the number of homeless just grows and grows and grows and you know we have officials who come in clean it up and it's telling you earlier i feel like it's the biggest grift ever it's yeah. it's it's it supports a never-ending bureaucracy someone um, on rogan said or rogan was repeating something he had heard uh and again something i've just heard it i don't know if it's completely true but it made sense that these cities will get committees quote unquote and pay them pretty high salaries to say, hey, take care of the homelessness problem. Well, if you solve it, that your job's, job's gone. gone. <laughs> so why would you want it to solve it? You want, you'd want to like improve it maybe in periods. But you don't want much. it to you completely go away. You want to break them off too much success. You know? yeah. yeah, and I noticed it around here. Like It will get cleaned up for a little bit, but then it comes right back. Yeah. Well, yeah. and is it... Is it that it's really getting cleaned up or is it that it's shifting They're moving, to a, another yeah. part of the city? It's, yeah. And it's kind of like, did you ever watch that show, The Wire? I, I, I have to admit, I have not really watched You'd it. You'd like it. You should yeah. get into it. But there's uh, not really giving much away, but there's this season where um, 
In Baltimore, right? Yeah, they're trying to clean up this part of the city. Like, trying to clean up, and they figured out, okay, well, here's how we're going to do it. We're going to just move them all into this area and let them have free reign and not prosecute and not send cops in there. And so, you know, it's basically an open-air drug market. Jeez. Um, And so it made it seem as if, oh, wow, the problems are gone. Like, the percentage of arrests for this stuff has gone down. Uh, I wonder if something like that's going on here. Because then I think of Skid Row. Yeah. Um, which I hadn't been to in years. And then last November, uh, when my girlfriend was flying into town, it was her first time coming to L.A. And we had been talking about Skid Row. I was like, I'll take you to Skid Row. It's like, oh. So from the airport, we went through to Skid Row. And just, oh, my gosh, man. I, like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And it was just... Because I had been there years ago, and it was it was a row. Now it was like a whole neighborhood, sort of thing. And I, I just it, it it reminded me of that season of The Wire where they they called it New Amsterdam, the the area of town where pretty much everything everything was fine. Everything like they goes. weren't going to prosecute anything. Did you see in uh, well? And what I wanted to add on to that is you know I've I've traveled to different cities this year. It's not just here, like. It's happening in other bigger cities as well. And I, I know Denver's one that has uh, grown a lot more. There, there was actually, a, uh, I saw it on the news, there was a homeless section encampment. They were selling booze, like openly. Oh, like a bar, like a, a little bar. bar. I and they had sex tents. You could come, just come sex tents, <laughs> like prostitution just widely i think that i don't know what the police did but like basically came there hey guys you can't do this well <laughs> in regards to that it's like in well in regards to that i remember when i was younger uh, a buddy of mine he's like you want to see something crazy man this is in la i was like yeah it's like all right hop in the car i'm gonna take you someplace fucking crazy I'm like, all right let's go figueroa street what do you know about Figaro? I don't know anything about it. Holy shit. I don't know man. if I want to know about it actually. He takes me there. Yeah. The streets are lined with women basically wearing nothing. Prostitutes. Just downtown? I, I don't know where it is in relation. I'm sure it's probably close not to, too far off. Probably not too far off. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't believe my eyes. I felt like I was literally in Los Santos from Grand Theft Auto. And there's I, I I'm this is L.A. and I'm I'm seeing like literally a, a block a line of traffic of guys hanging out the window haggling with hookers and I just couldn't believe my eyes I was like where are the police what's going on how is this like it was just there was such a darkness we're a long way from Apple Valley yeah there was such a <laughs> darkness to it man like I just yeah. Yeah. I was shocked. There's by another. What I saw. And there's I, another side. Mm. You know what I mean. There's another yeah, side. Man. It's like. Yeah. And I, I've seen now on social media. Some people have posted some stuff from that area of town. Like, what is going on in LA? I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's like I. If somebody would have told me what I was about to see, I'd be like, no, I'm not. That's like bullshit. you're exaggerating. That's bullshit. Like, that, yeah, I'm like, okay, you're just you're you're. All right, story time's over, pops. Like. uh that's not true. That's not, that's not how, that's not legal. That doesn't run in, that's just, that's just not how society works. I couldn't believe it, man. 
it was it was some wild west type shit. Um, I, I yeah, like to this day, I don't know if it's still like that, but well, in this conversation we're having, like I think, and I won't speak for you, but I can assume, like I we love this city, like we I I love L.A., like I do love. There are so many incredible things about it. So when I say these critiques, if you will, of some of it, it's like I'm saying this because, guys, this is a that one time was a paradise. Like yeah. at one time, uh, not yeah. that it isn't in its own way. Still, it's still. I mean, still incredible weather. Still, uh, <sighs> there's just opportunity everywhere. I mean, there yeah. really is. It's just like any any big city, but like L.A. It just is. I mean, it's it's a vibe, man. It really is. But you, when you see people just letting it go like this, and I, I'm with you, I don't know what the answer is either. That's- I don't like because I mean you can take this. I mean this just go back to the youth, like making sure that the youth are getting raised right, so they make good decisions and that they don't go this way and have this happen. Um, does the city need to step in to at a certain point? Like, hey, this isn't going to work anymore. Everyone needs to go. Like, but where do they go? Like, it's there's there's a. Uh, I was in a conversation with somebody. Um, and they told me that they actually used to live uh, in the Northwest, somewhere up there, mm. uh, Portland. Okay. And they they told me like at one time like like Portland was incredible city, awesome, but you know in the past few years it's really gone down. And not that it doesn't still have beauty, I'm sure it still does. But they said that they were sending people. I don't know if it was homelessness people getting arrested in other cities. They said you have a choice. You can either go to jail. Or we're gonna send you out to Portland. Well, what would you do? I'm going to Portland, baby. <laughs> Portlandia, man. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> Portland, here I come. So it's like I don't know, man. Like when I see a lot of what's going on with everything, it's just it's really hard for me not to think that there's not some puppeteer pulling strings here to bring things down in a sense. Makes me wonder. I, I I lean towards there is again. That's the cynic in me. But also, if you know, I kind of get. To, I've gotten to the point where if that is the case, I'm just going to tend to my own garden. That's all I'm going to do. Like my my little square of Nick's existence. I'm just going to focus on that because it's like it's so beyond me. Yeah. So beyond us. Uh, that it's maddening and just depressing if you really start to dwell on it. And just in regards to like what the fix is, and especially with like the youth, I feel bad for the youth, man. I feel like if you're growing up today, I would, I feel like you're probably getting, and you know, I don't know this for sure, but I feel like you're probably getting pounded with this, this message of the world is fucked. Everything's going to go to shit. Doesn't matter. It's too late. I, that's kind of the message I almost get, especially when it comes to like climate stuff or just even just like crime and homelessness. It, it feels all so hopeless that why should they care? You know, it's almost like you're primed from the, from the get go nowadays as a kid to be like, yeah, it's completely fucked. So whatever. And I don't know, maybe it's, again, maybe it's not like that. Maybe it's the, the cynicism in me that's that that's taken on that point of view. But, uh, yeah, I, I just, I feel bad for, I wouldn't want to be a kid nowadays. I wouldn't want to be a kid with a smartphone. 
I wouldn't want to be a kid who has to, it's hard enough being a kid and like just growing up and going through puberty. It's weird enough and just painful enough as is without all the complications of this digital world. I, I got like a look at my nephew. I'm like, damn, like that's, that's tough when I'm like, I'm like, man, I wonder how it's going to be for him when he's like 16 and you know, he's on Instagram or TikTok yeah. or whatever. And you're, you're dealing with weird cyberbullying type stuff. And then you're seeing the most, you have devices that will allow you to see the most fucked up stuff that you could possibly imagine. Which started probably coming around when we were like late teenagers. I remember <laughs> seeing about college, some... that's when when YouTube really hit. Yeah. That's when you could, but, but still it wasn't on carrying with you all the time. It was no. very like, no. all right, computer time. Yeah. Uh, which <laughs> that led to, Conspir- uh, well, the first time I watched Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist? Oh, you remember that? I love Zeitgeist. You remember that? When I saw that, I was like, it's all a lie. Like, <laughs> like running out in the street. Uh, that man. really was the catalyst for me, like as far as just getting me to think differently. Yeah. Um, it really opened up my eyes to like, maybe everything I've been told isn't what how it works. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe like things are totally different. And I, I want to say this real quick because you sparked something. Uh I was on my walk. I don't. I think it was today or whatever it was. I actually had an accountability moment with myself because you're exactly right. Because like everything's doomed. World War Three is happening. Everything's fucked. Like who cares? Just just like like it's all gonna go to shit. And I'm like, but me constantly ingesting that and thinking that and having that conversation with people. I'm like, oh, what is that doing to me? Like I'm. I'm bringing my energy level down in my, in my vibration by even like speaking that way. And then Patrick bet David, I don't know if you follow him at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, a value tainment wrote the book, uh, your next five moves and also does a podcast. He, he was talking to, I don't know what political candidate or he saw having a conversation with someone like, what do we do from here? And someone like had the perspective, like, you know, this is screwed and this is screwed. And he's like, I want someone that is going to come in at halftime that we're at and say, hey, we can win this game. And I realized, I'm like, maybe it is time to get in the game somehow. Like, because if I'm just on the sideline just saying, yep, it's all going to shit. (laughs) But what am I doing about it? You're just adding to that. You're just just helping pushing the I'm just feeding that fire. And I think I'm speaking for myself, but a lot do it. That's what we do. And that's what social media has helped amplify. Hmm. and I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what, uh, you know, uh, someone just told me of a church here in town that offers free showers every single day to homeless people. And honestly, he told me that. And I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that is a, like, I don't know about you, man, but it's a, a good shower. In the darkness. Yeah. A good shower can totally change your day, man. There's been days in the morning where I'm just like, ah, oh, yeah, you know. I shower, I'm like, ah, all right. So I'm like, they are doing good. (laughs) You know, donating money here and there, and maybe you give some money to someone, like you feel like you did your part. Maybe you did in a small way. But it's like, they're really doing something significant. In Vegas one time, I met a girl. She was collecting, she was coming up with uh, bags of like toiletries and like uh, things I didn't even think about. Bus passes. I'm like, Bus passes. Yeah, that's amazing. That's so. genius. So she's like, yeah, so they can go to job interviews and do that. I'm like, they're actually doing something. 
So I guess, I don't know, I guess I'm just saying this out loud publicly of like, okay, it does, you can either get sucked in to the negative talk, but there are actual people out there trying to make a difference. I guess that's what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. And I'm glad yeah. you bring that up. Cause I'm like, as you said, that I'm like, I'm right there with all the people who are spouting that same negativity by, by buying into it. I'm like, ultimately, I, I, I guess, I guess the only thing we can do then is to choose optimism at the end of the day and then try to live a life that kind of pushes in that direction. Yeah, because I mean, civilization is really, I don't know, I've never really thought of it. This has been a great conversation, by the way. Yeah, I'm like, digging it, man. Yeah. I'm glad that, because it like really, uh, it, I do have more perspective now, like, the way it's going is the way it's going to go. Like, so like, if you just keep feeding this, well, yeah. yeah, you're, you're, you're predicting your own future. Like you're manifesting your own demise. Yeah. You know, and I, and I love what you said earlier. I meant to expand upon what you said or, or piggyback off it. When you said we have this great technology, but these peanut brain stills, yeah, yeah. peanut brain still. I mean, greatest example to me is war. It's like, if you were truly intelligent, and in control of your consciousness and be able to elevate higher, you would see that war is very stupid and killing people is very stupid and, and destruction and all that. Like, what are we doing? But this is what I mean when I said earlier, like, oh, there's that part of me like, yes, we're human beings. We're outside animals. But at the same time, we're still animals, like in a way. Oh, man. Like, it, it's... We we try just, not to see. But we it. have an awareness that we are that animal. Yes, where animals don't. Yeah. Animals just live and survive just, in instinct. Mm, the ultimate uh, present beings. <laughs> I, I, I'm re-listening uh, to the book uh, "The Denial of Death" by Ernest Becker, and you want you want to talk about like, <laughs> like maybe finding out some stuff and thinking about some things you didn't want to think about, like that. It's but it's in a good way. Like he talks about too. Like yeah, like animals. They just born and they live and they there's gonna survive. Oh, I was killed oh, or whatever. Like it lights out where we we know we're gonna die. Animals don't know they're gonna die. We are the only creature that knows that we're going to die. So just that simple concept alone thrown into your life changes everything. I think in a good way, but in not good ways at the same time too. It's crazy, man. Well, that's where the anxiety comes in. We yeah. we are so painfully aware of where it's all headed. <laughs> We're all headed. Everyone's to the same headed place. to the same. It will happen in different ways. Yeah. Same outcome for every single person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh man, isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, man. It's I had. You know, it's funny. I, you mentioned that I had this like thought when I was younger. I really didn't think I was going to die. And I didn't think that I was going to experience the death of my parents or uh, siblings. or, And I've been lucky in that I haven't, except, you know, my father passed away and but there's that. But, but there was like this belief when I was younger. I was like, no, no, um, Jesus is going to come back before because we're in the end times and he's going to come back i'm and i'm special you know so he's going to come back and i'm not going to have to experience this i don't know when that dropped away but it's it's, it's been gone for quite some time now and i yeah as 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 you know 
blissfully ignorant as it is, I, I, I miss that, that mindset. Um, but, you know, it's a good thing that we die. You know, it's just nothing would be worth shit if we live forever. Like, just the value of it goes down. Beauty. It just doesn't, it just, it just wouldn't hit the same if, 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 if it wasn't finite. So I guess I'm happy for that. I still don't want to die. I, 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 the thought of dying, I am not at peace with that. It scares the shit out of me. Um, and then I'll have these moments where I feel like I have such a real flash of like how I could die. Happens in the shower a lot. Um, yeah, I, I always imagine I have this like, crystal clear vision of me slipping in the shower and snapping my neck and dying yeah weird um i don't know how i got on this thread but we're there yeah, now. Man, i just wish I, I just now. i just and that causes anxiety I, man i don't know what the answer is i guess the answer is just to keep looking for the answer but maybe not it's funny <laughs> you say that because i actually had the thought the other because i i mean you know Lately, I'm just, I'm grabbing, like, I got the uh, evolutionary psychology book. I got a couple other ones coming that, that have been on my to read. Like, I just want to, I want to try to learn from all different angles and spectrums. And it's like, am I wasting my time? <laughs> hmm. Like, in that book over there, uh, it's over there, uh, Teach Yourself How to Live, or I, I, I don't know the exact titling, but, and then there's a uh, 4,000, uh, man, I can't even quote my own, 4,000 weeks or whatever book it is where it basically says if you live to 80, you only have a certain amount of weeks oh, that you're going to live. When you look at it that way. Yeah. And basically both, they basically say, and I think it's a good thing, but, and that's kind of where I'm at now. Like when I'm looking at, I, I mean, pending, you can die anytime and pending you get to live the average, even just the average uh, age and hopefully pass that. But it's like, we're getting pretty close to halftime. Like, yeah, yeah, it's not it's that like, far. This isn't a game. Like, I'm gonna be 37. Like, dude. Like, I think back to 13 years ago. I'm like, okay, I can remember then. Well, 13 years from now, I'll be 50. <laughs> like, it's just like when you start hitting a it's... certain age, man. That's when left and right, you know, things start happening. Yeah, things start happening. So I'm like, what I'm trying to say is, I'm like, you only have so much time. And I feel especially now, um, and we were in a conversation earlier before we recorded when you first got here about making choice. And it's like, it does get to the point where you just got to go a direction. You just got to choose. Yeah. Sure, you may change it down the road or maybe something happened, but being in this wishy-washy, I think, I think experimenting and uh, exploring is good, but it does get to a point where Dude, your energy levels aren't going to be what they're always... Like, it's going to keep going. You can try to maintain it all you want. Uh, I was listening to someone talking about how like a lot of these tech entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley, they think they're going to beat mortality. <laughs> and like, and the someone said... fucking people to beat mortality. Mother Jesus. nature is undefeated. Yeah. Undefeated. <laughs> You're not going to win. You are not going to win. Maybe, maybe, you ex maybe you extend your life 10, 20 years. Cool. That's cool. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it's going to end the same for all. And I'm just like, man, like, 
when people talk about certain life decisions, like the, oh, we, you know, it's, it, 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 I see it on both ends because part of it's like, oh, this is a major decision that can alter my entire course of my life. I'm not ready to do this yet. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, well, if you keep thinking about it for too long, uh, you'll find yourself at 50. Like, like, for example, if you wanted to have kids, like that's a major life decision that's going to change your life. Yeah. Some people I know, I'm just using this because I think probably a lot of people in our age range could probably relate. Like, they want it from day one. That's what I want to do. And it's awesome. Like, it's like, great. But then there's some, well, maybe uh, <laughs> it doesn't really make sense for me right now for where I'm at in my life. Maybe one day. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, you're, you're still getting older <laughs> and older. Time's not going to stop. So it does get to that point. Or maybe you want to move to a certain location and try it out or try a certain type of career, whatever it is, you will hit that point of, well, now I don't have the energy to go do that. Like one thing I want to talk to you too is about Europe, you know, cause I know you have a lot of experience over there. It's like, that's a trip I want to do soon. I don't want to do that trip in my city, even though it would be fine, but do that trip later on in life where I don't have the same energy level and I see it when I'm over there. Know, like I'll see older, yeah. older American tourists walking around, and you might, my, I, I, yeah, my, my heart kind of hurts a little bit because it's like that. I'm like, oh man, you, you know, maybe they went all the time, but I, you know, I have this vision in my head of like somebody who waited a lot of their life to kind of, you know, wait, wait until everything was right, wait till the money's right, and you know, granted, you know, you have to have the money to make the trip, but um, you know, they don't seem like they're enjoying it that much just because of just just the physical condition they're in and uh yeah man you just gotta you just gotta do that stuff sooner rather than later otherwise i mean the time thing it's just each day goes by quicker than the last because it's a smaller percentage of our life and then eventually like you said with i do that a lot with oh 13 years ago doesn't you know 13 years ago wait 13 years from now i'll be this old what like wait what (laughs) Yeah, man. It's yeah. uh, yeah. You you just yeah. You just kind of have to make a choice with uh, with a lot of this stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, earlier we were talking about like with like love and relationships and mm-hmm. you know, I I feel like I could easily be one of those people who's, oh man, well you know, ah, you know, you're just trying to find the perfect person, the perfect person. Oh, this oh, there's this. There's like no bullshit. At a certain point. Just fucking, if you love somebody, just make that fucking choice, I think. Yeah. You know a quote I love? And this this may be completely out of context. <laughs> it just popped in my head for some reason. It's from the alpha male community, so I, <laughs> I better look out for this. But I thought, I think it's a good point. Um, the person says, take that perfect tin girl that you think of or that you see and just know that there's some guy out there that's sick of her shit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that can go the same way with uh, a guy for a girl. Take that dream guy. There's some girl that's totally sick of him and ready to get... There is a woman in the world who sees Brad Pitt, and they're like, oh, fucking hell, this fucking guy. I think we can know who that is. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I remember but what yeah. I said it. But like, you know... But, but yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, how much of like what you think you want. And this is again, what these phones have really fucked with for lack of a better word is our dopamine. 
Like it, it gets it get you. And Brian Meyerhofer and I were talking about this on. He was talking about fantasy. Like we, fantasy is so powerful, man, because it it keeps you it keeps you in this dream state of. Um, I think there's a difference between manifesting and working towards something, and then just constantly fantasizing. And I think that's what online dating and Instagram it it keeps people in these well you know what i could get a girl like this i deserve a girl like this this girl that i'm seeing on this instagram of this beauty and this that's what i want and that's what i'm going to get you know but and then they get it then you get it and maybe it's cool for like the first your dopamine you're oh this is all i ever want but then i mean i'll just say it like uh sex for example i heard someone say this one time like Sure, it can be great, but it's never as great as what the fantasy was. Ever. Ever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. it's like, it's like, sure, there's times where it could be, oh my God, yeah. like this is the this is the pinnacle of my yeah, experience. Yes, but generally but it, speaking. Generally speaking. <laughs> generally speaking. I'm just trying to think of some, you know, hey, don't move your foot that way. Or you know, yeah. oh, no, I'm a back. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, oh man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're sweating profusely. <laughs> Drips onto the person. Like, oh. sorry. <laughs> uh, I used to be so driven by sex. That used to be like the just what anchored me, me in regards to any relationship I had with a woman, and it was a very. Uh, I'm, it took me a long time to get past that. Um, and I'm so glad I did because like it's freeing it's so freeing it's so freeing and then you get like and then it's like even in the relationship like the actual relationships like boyfriend girlfriend I would have with somebody who was always anchored in that and that stuff changes like you said you know there's that honeymoon phase but after that it goes away yeah um and uh I'm just so glad I I'm not just bound by that and driven by that the way i used to be it's it's one of the great escapes of my yeah. life i think because i see guys 10 years older maybe even more 15 years older still kind of living that way and you know i don't think there's anything right or wrong about it yeah it just it just is what it is but i'm very grateful that that's not the existence i'm living and that i've nipped it in the bud seemingly like I said earlier, life is old lessons relearned. Right. Um, so is acting, actually. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. By the way, you're an actor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this has all been a performance. Can I say something, man, about about you? This conversation proves the point because I've talked about you on this podcast. People that know you. No. Uh, huh. And you said this on the first podcast we did. You said I actually clipped this. I think it's on the IG. But you said that. You've always lived your life as an artist before you were an artist. Yeah. yeah I swear to you, man, like I, you are maybe one of the best examples of people I personally know that you, you just seem to live a very interesting life. Like you live a very interesting life. You know what you like to do. You know, what you, you know, you, you're a phenomenal actor. Uh, but it's like, yeah, you know, if it happens, it happens. If not, I'm still doing me, like you know what I mean. Like you, you give that man. vibe, and it's like I think, I think it's a, I think that will aid in your success 
as you keep pursuing it because yeah i mean in just a success saying? as a human being i yeah. I, I but you, you are right in regards to not about the me being a, fin- a fantastic phenomenal actor actually <laughs> I, well, you know yeah. um i'm okay at that but uh, in regards to uh yeah my goal's always just been i just want to live a life that I'm interested in living in. And it kind of goes back to that thing I was saying earlier about like the eight year old version of myself, if they saw me now. And I think that's, I like to go back to that a lot because the eight year old version of myself would be like, wow, what an, this is so cool. What an interesting life you're living. Meanwhile, I'm bitching about this or that. No, fuck that, man. I'm living an interesting life. You know, it's easy to lose sight of it, but yeah, I, I, I try to, man. I, I, I feel like that's the only way for me to live. Uh, I just, just got to follow the thread and keep mm. pulling at it. Whatever is interesting me, mm. it's going to change. Sometimes some stuff won't, but yeah. This is going to be a book of the episode, uh, The Pilgrimage. Again, shout out to Brian Meyerhofer who told me about it by uh, Paulo Coelho who wrote The Alchemist. I've read The Alchemist. Dude, you might be leaving here with another book. <laughs> I'd be all for it. Okay, I, because be I just it. literally fresh off the press finished this thing. And there's a line in there, and I won't give it away because I want you to read. I'm going to give you a copy on your way out of here. He says, uh, so this guy's on a journey. He's, he's basically, it's, it's actually Paulo. It's actually his story. Like, I get goosebumps even talking about because it it's like so crazy, like reading it. And his guide, he's on this trail in Spain, the road to Santiago. Oh, that pilgrimage trail. Yep. yep. It's called the pilgrimage. Yeah. So there's a line where his guide tells him that, because I'll give this part away for you. The first few days of the trip, he's just kind of not paying attention, just thinking about the destination. Hmm. And the guy goes, hey, do you notice anything? Have you noticed anything similar the past few days? Like, have you noticed we've gone by some of the same spots? And he goes, well, now that we think, I think about it. Yeah, we, I, did, I do remember seeing that a couple days ago. He was taking him in circles because... He wasn't paying attention on the trail. He was all, he was in his head and he said part of the I, I'm butchering this, but like part of the journey of life, he said it's like sex. It's foreplay. Everyone's thinking about the orgasm. They're not thinking about the leading up to the orgasm. So yeah. when it comes to life and the journey, you got to take everything in because that's part of the experience of getting to where you're I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but dude, it made total yeah. sense to me because it like it totally changed my perspective of like, and it really helped on this trip to Illinois. I just did. I really just soaked it in. I, we do, uh, really just got back to my roots and did some spontaneous things and things that uh, I normally wouldn't do, and just lived in it because I'm like, this is this is because if I just would have stuck on my phone or buried my head in my laptop, cutting podcast clips the whole time it's like you're missing you're missing it yeah so i'm gonna give you a copy of the book man it, it's a really good and it's the timing like he's like 38 years old in it and he's like at a point in his life where he's like i i need he, he has a rebirth nice and then he goes and writes the alchemist <laughs> oh and this was right before he wrote the alchemist yeah man funny quick story about the alchemist yeah. read it one time only read it once i was on acid I sat down and I read the whole thing sitting on a rock out somewhere in the ocean, like in like Laguna Beach. One sitting? Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. That had to have been one of the most incredible experiences of your life. To this day, it was. Yeah, it really was. I was like, oh, no. 
like when I emerged from there, like just waiting in the water, I was like, what? 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 <laughs> and Laguna Beach is arguably one of the most beautiful places, not only in California, maybe the world. It's like, beautiful, yeah. man. Clean. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's such good vibes. Good vibes. What man. did you take from it? So much time has passed, I don't even know. I just know that I remember the way it made me feel, and the feeling was sublime. Mm-hmm. It just, I, it just, because this was before I got into acting and had read like The Artist's Way and was tapped into synchronicity and stuff like yeah. that. But that book kind of delves into some of those, some of some of those kind of things that are talked about. I feel like in The Artist's Way, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, and it just. It was like there was like my life before that and my life after that. I feel like I started diving more and more into creative pursuits after that. It was almost probably a rebirth for you. Probably. You you were meant to have that experience. Yeah, it was so yeah, and I don't know I I don't I don't know why I chose to read that book while I was experiencing that, but I'm glad I did. What a book to read. Yeah. You know what I love about that book so much is it gives me a lot of peace whether it's false or not yeah it makes me realize whatever i'm going through there's a reason for this and when he you know has to go work at the glass shop for a year for a year or however long it was just to make enough money to continue the journey then when he gets to the and if you have not read the alchemist (laughs) you really should because i'm giving a lot of it away but to find you know your treasure you know, he gets to that point where he, the place where he thought the treasure was going to be, the treasure wasn't there, but he realized where the real treasure was once he got, it's just, it's so like, and I really view like, it's really grounded. I guess grounding is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. It's like, um, and even like not having attachment to things like this setup, what we're doing here in this apartment, which you helped move me into. Thank you once again. Of course. Uh, it won't be like this forever. Things are going to change. Things are going to constantly change. But this is a stepping stone of wherever I'm supposed to go with this or without, without, not this. I don't know. I just know I'm just, do. you just got to do the work. Yeah. Just do the work. You know, someone told me one time, uh, focus on the work and squint at success. Hmm. You know, it's cool when accolades and stuff or something come, oh, yeah, that's cool. All right, well, back to this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Kind of get to a point where both success and failures, uh, at least the reaction to it, is going down the same chute. I think that'd be. Mm. A, I think that's the goal. Yeah. Don't get too puffed up by it. Although I, you know, still fall into that. Stay. Just like stay everybody even. else, I love getting gassed up a little bit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I said something. I was. I was actually on a good one with my girlfriend, and I was saying something like, "Oh yeah, like." I don't know, just really like kind of just like puffing my chest, like kind of letting the feathers kind of really pop out. And I remember she said something to just kind of bring me back down to earth. I mean, at first I got irritated. What the hell? We're going to clip my wings, baby. <laughs> but then I was like, you know what? Thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for that. I was at the, uh, is it the Laugh Factory that's on down on Sunset there? I know. I there's think the comedy there's store, the comedy but then there's store. the Laugh Factory yeah. too, right? Yeah, and then the improv's on Melrose. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm at the Laugh Factory. This is before COVID had hit. 
and uh, Jeremy Piven was up there. Okay. He said something. Oh, I loved him from Entourage. I love yeah. that show. And uh, oh, cool, Jeremy Piven. And uh, he's doing stand up with some others. And he said something, man, that was so true. And I never forgot. I don't know if he was from Chicago originally. I'm not sure. But I only I related it because maybe he was from Illinois too. But he said, as successful as he is in the status he is out here in LA, he can go back to his hometown. And that same dude that gives him gave him shit growing up will see him and call him the exact same name, the exact same whenever, and look at him the exact same way and could give two flying Fs that Jeremy Jeremy Piven's this big successful. To him, he's just whoever he was, and that is so true. And that's why it's good going back to, like, where you're from, too, because, like, it's interesting because, like, you think, like, oh, I've gone and done this, this, and this. It's kind of like being around family. Ramdas talks about that. Ramdas goes, you think you're enlightened. Go until uh, go be around your family. <laughs> they'll they'll ground you really quick. Ain't that the truth? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And it's love. It's love. Yeah. But it's like I, you know, it's like whatever you think you got going on or what has been so great. You know, it's like they'll, they'll ground you real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're they're kind of like that guy who that Jeremy Piven's talking about. Except you know, they, they just they kind of continually see you. In the same light. Yes. Which is kind of cool. It can be kind of annoying. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it is It is grounding though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, I'm checking. We're uh, we're getting around that time. All right. All right. <laughs> and uh, before we uh, close out here, is there anything else you wanted to say? Or you got anything going on? I mean, what, what's, the, what's, the, what's the update acting-wise? Right uh, update acting-wise, uh, shooting a few things, but... Doing another one of the Spoon River movie mashups on November fifth. This will uh, air after that. But uh. damn. <laughs> well, there should be another one on December fifth, most likely. It oh, looks, really? I'm pretty sure we're going to be doing one monthly. That's what it sounds like. Okay. We're going to do one a month. Okay. Uh, if the if the interest is there. So far, it's been there. Each each showing has been pretty much full. So that was an incredible show, by the way, man. All of you did spectacular. It's fun, right? Yeah. It's fun. It's it really keeps uh, the audience engaged. Sometimes seeing theater, I love I love theater, but sometimes uh, even when it's good. But I feel like that Spoon River show really keeps keeps. Um, you don't have to be like a theater nerd to stay engaged with it. And you guys actually inspired me when I was back home. You know, Lewiston, Illinois, is twenty minutes from my hometown, Canton. When we drove by the Oak Hill Cemetery of where Edgar Lee Masters works is based upon really. I'm like, Oh yeah, let's pull in. Let's go. But it was fresh in my mind. Cause I had seen your guys show. Yeah. Then we drove out to my old college, Spoon River college. Wow. You know, but it's like, and then, Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll even, I'll have to show you on the way out. Uh, I actually went to the Spoon River and got a picture. Nice. But nice. it's like seeing your guys show. And it was so, it was a crazy moment because it's like a really like, Wow, never would I have thought in a million years when I was growing up there. And you have Spoon River. Spoon River is a common name everywhere out there. Mm. But I would go to Los Angeles into an acting school where this book, Spoon River Anthology, is uh, aside from the Meisner book, like the acting Bible to a certain extent, yeah. or monologues at least. Yeah. So like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to like see uh, the show again. You know, It'll be yeah, it's to, it's it's fun, man. Yeah. It uh 
yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. It's always fun to get up on stage yeah. and just and play. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. pretty much as far as yeah. what I got to look forward to. Uh, you know, some other stuff, but uh, yeah, the Spoon River shows. I'm hopefully gonna be putting up. Uh, definitely gonna be putting up a one act, probably in like February. Nice. Did a first read, a table, uh, not a, quite a table, but a first read of a play that I'm gonna pursue. Okay. Doing uh, how many people are in it? Three, but it's three. mostly a two two hander. Okay. Um. So yeah, a lot of stuff, I, and that's the goal. That's I want. I want to do a lot of theater uh, right now while I still can, because um, I feel like that's what makes you great. That's what it is, man. I just want to yeah. be. I, I just want to be really good, um, and uh, I know the theater is the way to get there. Yeah, man. You got Italy, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get to be where the where the masters breathe the air out there. Is it amazing? I asked you this last time. Is it, is it amazing over there? It's magical, man. man. I, I absolutely love it. It's just, except in the summertime. Don't go in the summertime. I did get that advice. Someone says, oh, don't go there in the summertime. So humid. I'm not used yeah. to that, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But otherwise, it's So fall time. Fall time. Fall time. Does it Fall get time. really cold? Is it like really cold? It gets, it gets chilly. Yeah. yeah but it's I not like it. Midwest snowstorm no, over there. No, no, it's not like that. More like California cold? Colder than that. Colder than that. Desert yeah. cold? Like Maybe a little bit colder because the desert cold's a drier cold. Yeah. Whereas this one, a little bit of a wetter, wetter okay. cold, which kind of seeps through the clothes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Got to make it out there. Yeah, man. No, I definitely, well, if you're out there. Well, Laura and I always talk about that's a trip we want to make, and I want to go to Spain too. I want, I want, I want to. Europe is like calling me. Like, yeah, I really, go out there and just do the I whole. I actually have little... an appointment uh, to get my passport updated. Oh, great! Um, yeah, you gotta. Have... Yeah, yeah, and I just kept, I just keep putting it off, and I'm like, finally, I'm like, no, got the appointment set. Someone told me a great place to go that has a little bit less of a wait time, and I'm just like, I'm gonna go do this. So I have it. Even beyond just doing yeah. like a leisure trip. Everybody should have their passport at the ready. You just never know. You never know when you might need it. Yeah. That's my that's that's my philosophy in regards to that. Like I just you just never know. Well, and my whole point is too, like with the, even with just use the podcast for example. What what if I just got an opportunity? What if an opportunity came and they're just like, Hey, we like what you do. <laughs> uh can you be in uh France next week for this opportunity? And it's like, if I don't have a passport, I can't go. No. Yeah, yeah. You can do the fast expedited version. Like, it's like over $1,000 yeah, or whatever it's expensive. It but even then, it's, you're not going to get it in two days, I don't think. I think it still takes. It used to be, you used to be able to get a pretty quick turnaround on really? one, but that was pre-pandemic. Now, I don't think that's the no, case. I think case. it's like the quickest is maybe a couple of weeks, maybe a week. I yeah. don't know. So my whole thing is like, even if I'm not going to use it right away, it's like, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes. Sometimes. ready. Yeah. Sometimes things uh, appear when ready. And if I don't have my passport, I'm not ready. Exactly. So get ready. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if people want to stalk you online, where can they go? Where, or where should people go to look for you? Uh, Instagram. Uh, at Nick Oz. You want me to pull it up? You pull it up. Yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, I think it's at Nick Osborne underscore underscore underscore. Oh, I think, yeah, you have like three underscores. Yeah, yeah. All I'm the, not sure. All the regular variations. Of, there's a lot of Nick Osborne's in the so world. Nick so Nick Osborne, N-I-C-K-O-S-B-O-R-N-E. 
O R N E, and then you have about three, three underscores, underscores. But I'm sure if people type in your name, yeah, it'll probably come up. Yeah, especially if they know you, it'll it'll most likely come up. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, be part of the fun. Them trying to find you. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's the journey, man. It's not the destination. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we'll we'll put the link in the. Uh, of course, we'll put the link in the bio. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So if there you, you want to, so we'll give you options. You can go try to go on a journey and find Nick's Instagram <laughs> on your own. Or you can go in the, the description here and we'll put the link right there. Uh, you choose your own adventure. Yeah. And before I, I always give the guests the last word, before I give you the last word, man, thank you for doing this. Thank you for coming on. Uh, this has been, this is the podcast I've been waiting for to do with you and dude, I loved it. We just, we had no agenda, no plan with this. We just started talking like these mics weren't even here. And that's what I think a podcast is. And again, I want to tell people about your podcast again, because oh, I yeah. think it is one of the most, I, what would I say? The most best kept secret in podcasting is your podcast that you have. Thanks, and I, man. I, I'm being dead serious. When Thank I say you. That. Yeah. It's uh, the No Fucking Good Podcast with Nick Osborne. It's still on Apple. It's I'm pretty sure it's on Apple Podcasts still. That's where I listen to. Yeah, it. I don't think it's on Spotify. It's uh, you can definitely find it on Apple. We'll, we'll link it in the description. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fun, man. I'm I'm proud of that. Uh, you should be. I'm I'm very proud of the way the way it came out because I you know, yeah. I'm so thanks for plugging that, man. Yeah, yeah. I well, I think and dude, it's like one of those things like you captured. And I, I think I said this on the last one. Like I really feel like you captured that era of your life in those episodes. Like it's as you were working capsule. production and yeah, you really, it was really special, man. Yeah. And the people you had on and you're really good at it. Like if you ever <laughs> want to pick up the podcasting again, man, you're, you're a pro. You're a Thanks, natural. man. Appreciate that. Maybe one day. We'll see. Maybe one day. Yeah, we'll see. From Italy. Once I got more to say. <laughs> Once I got something else to say. Yeah. Well, I need you to say it just a little bit more because I'm okay. giving you the last word. Okay, it can be word. as deep or as shallow as serious or as funny as you want it to be, it can be absolutely anything. Last word. Um, try to be kind to yourself. Try to keep integrity, especially when it comes to the little things that you're saying just in your mind. But if you fall out of integrity, that's okay. Just get back into it. And on that note, I love it. Nick. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Sam. Hey, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Sam Dever podcast. Be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you watch the podcast, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at the Sam Dever podcast.